Welcome, we are so glad you are here. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our pastor emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas. As we begin our time together, you will find your connection card uh, in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. Uh, your uh, connection card is a place for you to share that you were in worship with us today. It is also a place where you can share any uh, joys or concerns that you may have on your heart that you'd like to share with the church staff or with the church at large, and we'd be happy to uh, be praying for you in that way. As... Um, by now, you should have received your stewardship mailing, and I hope that you've been uh, enjoying the bulletin that you would have found in your packet where uh, some of our congregation members have shared the ways that they are all in at Stony Brook, along with the videos that we've been enjoying each Sunday during worship, hearing from different Stony Brook members. Next Sunday, November 14th, is our Commitment Sunday, and you are invited to bring back the uh, commitment card that would have been in your mailing uh, filled out. You can uh, turn that in during worship, or uh, if you prefer, you can mail it into the church office or simply stop by the church building at some point during the week, and we will um, take care of that for you. Also next Sunday is our annual church conference at 1 p.m. It will be held in person and online via Zoom. If you are interested in attending online, you will need to register so that we can make sure you have the Zoom link. Uh, you can do that on the back of your connection card. You can call the church office or you can find the link in your weekly electronic newsletter. Also, our Stony Brook Kids Ministry is going to prov be providing the children a My Little Nativity box as we are watching and waiting for the birth of Jesus throughout the Advent season. Each box will contain instructions and all the materials that uh, your little one will need to construct and design and create their very own nativity set. We're also going to be including a book uh, in the box. The name of the book is On the Way to Bethlehem. This gift is available, uh, but you do need to sign up for that so that we make sure we have enough for each person interested. And you can do that uh, online at stonybrook.church slash kids, uh, or you can reach out to um, um, Rayanne Milam, and she will get you registered there. You will find all of this that I just shared and so much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church uh, in your weekly bulletin and online at stonybrook.church. I invite you now to uh, turn your hearts to the prelude as our prelude prepares us for worship today.
are invited to rise either in body or in spirit for our call to worship. You will see your responses in bold on the screen. What do you bring before the Lord this day? We bring our hopes and our dreams to the Lord. What do you seek? We seek peace for our weary souls. You will find it in this place, for this is the house of the Lord. Open our hearts and our spirits, O Lord, to hear your words of comfort and peace. you to quiet your hearts as we enter into a time of prayer with God. Let us pray. God of generosity, you have blessed us far beyond what culture teaches us is a blessing. Your gifts of beauty, comfort, peace, freedom, aliveness, connection, Forgiveness and transformation blow our minds. They bring us to our knees. How are you so good? How do you keep on giving even when we don't appreciate you? You surprise us, you baffle us, and you bless us. On this day when we remember and we celebrate all of the saints who have gone on to spend eternity with you, we give you thanks. Thank you for the ways we've been poured into. Thank you for the ways we've been supported and loved. Thank you for the laughter and the tears. Thank you for the lessons, the ministries, and the love which will live on through their legacy. On this day, when we remember and we celebrate the generations who have gone on before, we pause as we silently offer our personal thanks to you. 
God of generosity, we offer to you all of who we are. Use each and every part of us to your glory. This day we offer to you our prayers as we hold the people of the world in our hearts. We pray for the injured and those who lost their lives at the music festival in Texas. We pray for the conflict in Ethiopia, in Haiti, and in all countries who are living in unrest, including our own. We pray for a successful rollout of the vaccine for our children. We pray for those situations that we hold quietly and deeply in our hearts. God of generosity, we offer to you all of who we are. We give ourselves freely and joyfully, for we love you. Thank you for being our God. We pray all of this in the name of the one who offered the most for us, Christ Jesus. Amen. Friends, we recently had 13 people go through a new member class and who are excited to join Stony Brook. They're excited to join Stony Brook because of the mission and the ministries of this church. And so today, 10 of our new members are going to come before you during the 9.30 service and then three more at our 11 o'clock service. And as we do, as we receive new members, it's, uh, we understand it as a covenant between the members and God and us and the members and God. And so your response will be important during this new member commissioning. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through the water and spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Joining us in membership during this worship service today will be Marilyn Allen, Janet and Larry Bixler, Aletha Darding, Patty Fry, Shar and Rich Hendrickson, Carol and Daryl Holmes, and Melissa Hoffman. So friends, our new members, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in all the forms that they may present themselves? If so, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to all people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, say, I do. I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, say, I will. I will. Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, answer, we do. Will you nurture one another in Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? Let us respond. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them, that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. So I ask you, as members of Christ's universal church, will you be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, answer, I will. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, answer, I will. I will. 
Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. Let us respond. We, we give thanks for all that God has given, already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We renew our covenant to faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness through Jesus Christ. May the God of all grace who has called us into eternal glory in Christ establish each of you and strengthen you that you may live in grace and peace with one another. Friends, let us welcome these new members in Christ, our brothers and sisters. Pastor Jennifer mentioned we will be um, receiving three uh, folks also at the 11 o'clock service um, this day. This morning's scripture lesson comes to us from the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, uh, verses 38 through 44, our continuation in our series, How We Can Use the Gospel of Mark as a Mirror for Us, continues. Hear these words. As Jesus taught, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. 
After reading and studying this morning's text, maybe it was not the best idea to have worn my alb today, given the comparison. (laughs) Some may even ask, why do they bother wearing these robes and stoles anyway? (laughs) Trust me, I'm not a scribe. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? Um, But it is part of our tradition According to one source, a minister wears an alb or a robe for the same reason that a judge wears a robe in court or a police officer wears a uniform when on duty in order to identify the fact that they are acting in an official capacity. Likewise, a minister wears an alb or a robe to signify that when she or he is conducting a worship service, They are acting in their official capacity as one who has been called by God and the church to proclaim God's word to God's people. The alb or robe reminds the congregation and the minister that while she or he is in the pulpit, they are an ambassador of Christ and are to speak the word of God and not from their own agenda. Most ordained United Methodist pastors wear an alb or a robe with a stole. In Roman times, the alb was a common garment worn in everyday life. It has connections to the baptismal garment worn in the early church and therefore may be worn by both clergy and laity when leading worship. A robe, usually black, but in more recent times, commercially available in other colors. (laughs) is connected to the academic robes worn in medieval universities that communicates gravity and learnedness and presence. The robe gained popularity in the 20th century among those Protestant groups recovering from their Reformation connections. The owl became popular use in the late 20th century in the post-Vatican II period when Protestant churches reached back into the early church liturgical roots and the emerging ecumenical consensus about worship. The stole is a sign of ordination within our church. That is probably more information than you've ever cared to learn (laughs) about wearing a robe, but I think it's important given the comparison in the text this morning. At least I don't wear my alb out in public, right? (laughs) That would be a bit awkward. I do, however, contrary as the, to the text warns us about, I like to be greeted in the marketplace at Kroger, right? But not when I have certain things, things in my cart, right? <laughs> but this morning, uh, this morning, I think Jesus was drawing more attention to what the characters in the text were doing versus what they were wearing. Jesus didn't give the scribes much of a break, and maybe we shouldn't either. Are we supposed to look to the example of the scribes, a church leader in their their long robe, asking for money on the one hand while pillaging the estates of widows on the other? No. (laughs) Or how about the actions of the poor widow? Is she supposed to be a model of stewardship for us to emulate as we have always been led to believe? Or she's simply a victim of circumstance? I'm really not sure. <laughs> Something of importance definitely went on during this scene in Mark. We find Jesus sitting back and, and watching the crowd. Jesus had just finished teaching, and now he had a visual aid to prove his point. The scene was set at the temple treasury a place where the religious duty and obligations were lived out, a place where the temple faithful filed by publicly to make their contributions. We find out, reading between the lines in the text, that the funds collected at the temple were not just used for the maintenance and the day-to-day activities of the temple, but were also used to line the pockets of some of the scribes and church leaders. It was an unfortunate and disappointing situation. 
And it must have been easy for Jesus and the crowd to pick out who was who when they came to the temple to make their, their donations. It was not just some of the scribes who took advantage of the situation. Some who were wealthy would also make a spectacle of their offering by throwing brass and gold and, and silver coins into the collection plate so that the coins made a lot of noise when they landed. They were more worried about calling attention to their generosity and themselves than what they were actually giving. But not so with the widow. She knew what she was giving and her copper coins barely made a sound as they were placed in the offering plate. You see, there were stark contrasts that day. And it's difficult to overstate the physical difference between the rich and, and the poor widow's offering. Jesus insisted that we don't know half of the size of the contrast between the two offerings that day. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who were contributing to the treasury that day. Are you kidding me? We can almost hear some of the disciples respond. Really? Didn't you see and hear how much those, those rich people put in and how little the widow contributed? <laughs> the disciples were shocked at Jesus' ability to add. <laughs> And Jesus pointed out, he pointed out that the rich people gave what they would never miss. And by contrast, the widow gave what she could not afford to contribute. Was it, was it her last two coins to rub together? Was it her rent money or for her mortgage? Was it for her grocery money? Whatever it was, Jesus said, was everything on which she had to live. Now, it goes without saying that widows were one of the most vulnerable of the outcasts in Jesus' time. She and others who, who found themselves in, in the same situation, not by their own making, relied upon the love and, and the care and the support of others in order to survive. And because widows were not included in Hebrew inheritance laws, the, the, their con, contrast was evident that their constant concern was simply living from day to day. Any resources this widow had were, were meager at best. In the Mediterranean world, regardless of one's wealth, the cultural obligation upon everybody during that day was to maintain one's own status and, and do nothing to jeopardize or to lessen it. So if, as Jesus observed, this widow had given to the temple all that she had to live on, the widow had acted imprudently. She had deliberately worsened her own situation, her own status. The, the scribes should have taken up a collection for her. Instead, they were content with devouring all her worth. The scribes were definitely not the ones to pay attention and to watch in this morning's text. The rich apparently were not the ones to pay attention to or watch either. They gave out of their abundance and they wanted credit and recognition for their generosity. They gave only enough to ensure that others had witnessed what they had shared. They did not give in proportion to their ability, but they gave an order so that they would have enough left to secure a comfortable future. Now that is usually what, what, what we are conditioned to do and, and to believe. We say that we are blessed and often beyond on belief, and we, we are invited and, and encouraged to give out of that abundance. But I would suspect that the abundance mentioned in the text is not even relative to our definition and experience of abundance. But, but that's another sermon altogether. <laughs> Friends, the poor widow was the one to watch. 
the one to pay attention to. However, nowhere in the text did Jesus praise her for her behavior, but instead lamented that she had been taken advantage of. She's been taught that sacrificial giving by, by the scribes and the She'd been taught sacrificial giving by the scribes and the religious leaders, not for the common good or for some missional reasons, but only to benefit their purposes. She was a victim of their coercion. The scribes and the religious leaders promised to redistribute the temple collections to the needy, and in actuality, they spent the funds on long robes and banquets. <laughs> they were guilty of devouring the estates of widows and then hiding behind long prayers. <laughs> and the poor widow had no more to give. She was spent. She was all, all used up and, and now there's no use to the scribes and the Pharisees. Should have been tossed out with the next week's trash. Friends, it's tragic, but it happens, it happens all the time. One must be, be, beware of the scribes and, inside and outside of the church who strong arm or use guilt or fear to manipulate and to get their own way. One must beware of the scribes both inside and outside of the church who preach prosperity and assure their followers that if they only give all that they have to their cause, God will surely multiply what they, what they offer and return to them a much greater reward. One must beware of the scribes and the Pharisees both inside and outside of the church who do not practice what they preach or refuse to be placed in, in the arena of accountability and transparency. Friends, this text raises many more questions for us, <laughs> more than we have time for this morning. <laughs> raises questions about our own stewardship. How much is left over after we give? How much can we afford not to share? Do we contribute out of our abundance or do we contribute out of our poverty? How much do we live on? Who has helped us get to where we are in life and are we willing to be that somebody for someone else? Do we live with the fear of scarcity or poverty? Are we afraid that we will not have enough? Do we participate and, and understand that the, the many ways our, our contributions are making a difference here in the community of Gehanna and out into the world? Friends, we can't forget. We can't forget that there is much more to our stewardship than our money. We are required to go beyond what we contribute financially and support the church with our time, our participation, our energy, and our talents. And this poor widow, this woman, this woman was the one to watch. Even though she was exploited and taken advantage of, she found a way to live and to practice her faith even in an imperfect context. This woman was living faithfully in a system that was designed to make her fail. And Jesus was impressed by this. Christ calls us, each one of us, to be faithful where we are and with all that we have to love God and to love our neighbors. And as we set aside this day to remember the saints who have gone on before us, who have been the ones to watch in our lives who are those who have sacrificed their love and their care, their time, their gifts, and their resources to make us what we are both individually and as a community of faith? 
Friends, those are the ones. Those are the ones that Jesus would be watching. May we be as faithful. May we be as faithful and generous as those who've come on come before us. May it be so. Amen. Throughout this stewardship season, we've been invited to go all in at Stony Brook. We are invited to celebrate the many ways that we are invited, inspired, involved, included, invested, intentional, and in tune. I invite you to be inspired by this witness that we will see today from John Robb. I'm John Robb, and I'm involved at Stony Brook. Sarah and I joined in 1987, transferring from Epworth, Columbus. We had children and had been leaders in the youth program at Epworth and became involved in the youth program here. We were Sunday school teachers, MYF leaders, and became deeply involved in ASP. I went on 12 ASP trips and participated in fundraising by beginning and continuing the malt sale for 25 years, parking cars for a variety of events, and performing work projects with the youth to fund ASP trips and others. After Sarah died, I was involved with the youth my grandson's age and taught a Sunday school class while serving on trustees for 12 years, 10 of which were as chairperson. I was involved as part of the transition team that changed the church structure and was on the first leadership board. The primary purpose of the transition team was to involve younger members of the church in leadership positions. With my second marriage came an opportunity to live in Naples part-time. The love and friendship offered to my wife, Marilyn, at Stony Brook sealed and continued our involvement in the life and work of the church here. Sarah and I, and later Marilyn and I, were involved in our small group from the time they were first instituted under Pastor Derek Hines. I have been involved in spaghetti dinners, cleanup, a whole lot of trustee projects that are too numerous to mention, and served with dinners with others at Peace Lutheran, been involved in the vacation Bible school, decorating committees at Christmas, and just about any other thing the church needed as long as I was in Gahanna. I've also been asked why I give so much time, energy, and money to the church. I explained that there are a variety of reasons. One is that I have developed close personal friendships during all the work projects which I have been involved. Another reason is that I need to be around other people who truly care about others that remind me to try to be a better person than I am when I'm not regularly participating in the life of the church. The final reason I think is that I have seen so many good things accomplished through the work of the church. Many are related to the building and property, but the more important ones are the people that we help that most often aren't shared with the congregation, but have profound effect on the community. They aren't shared because they really aren't our story to share. God knows those who've been helped and knows how to bring peace and love through the efforts of the members of the church that donate to help people whether they are members or not. I think this is a testament to the true value of Stony Brook. Stony Brook represents a positive influence on the community and the whole world because we have such a high rate of activism by our members. Like everyone else, time is always a concern and sometimes I get involved in projects I wish I hadn't taken on. But once the project is finished, I have realized that without the, my effort, someone else may not have been willing to volunteer. That would have left some needy people without help and the loss of hope may have been overwhelming. I have been held up as an example of someone that is very involved with the church. I would like to say that I know people at this church that make my contributions of time and money pale in comparison. The humblest person I have known at Stony Brook was Dean Lewis. He honestly would get flustered and upset when he was praised for the work things he did. This doesn't mean much to most of you because you are probably too young to know of him. But it is no exaggeration to say that without Dean Lewis, we wouldn't have the sanctuary or building that enables us to operate here now. In closing, I would encourage everyone to get involved in the life and work of the church. It will improve your social life, your self-respect, your family, your relationship with Christ, and your community. I thank the hundreds of people who have been involved with me in all the projects we have done over the past 34 years. as you are able as we sing our doxology together and give thanks to God. 
gifts you have given us, we give you thanks. It is with joy in our hearts that we offer all of who we are to you. Thank you for the gift of people who have gone on before us to help guide the way. Help us deepen our own understanding and love for you. We love you, God, and we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Christ our Lord invites to this table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear this good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all of the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join your unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, his death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by the water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread and said, take, eat, this is my body which has been given for you. As often as you do this, remember me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of this, remember me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on each one of us gathered here and upon the families that we represent. And pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us a body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. And now on this day, O oh God, renew our communion with all of your saints, especially those whom we now name before you. Dolores Angelini. I'm a Jean Barfield. Jean 
Rita Blancet, Marilyn Borer, Jean Brown, Marilyn Burke, R. Lynn Jenkins, Jerry Richardson, Craig Seipel, Ray Thomas, Joyce Vandegrift,
since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all your world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that heavenly banquet together. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share in the one loaf. The bread in which we break is a sharing of the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Friends, these are God's gifts for all of us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You do not need to be a member of this congregation or any congregation to receive these gifts of grace from God. Because Jesus is the host at this table, these gifts are available to everyone. You will be dismissed by the ushers. When you come forward, you will be offered some hand sanitizer, and then you will be offered a pre-cut piece of bread, and then invited to take one of the individual cups of juice. Should you need gluten-free elements, those are available. Please ask your server. Will those who are serving please come forward?
us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves to others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit as we sing together our closing hymn. And may that deep peace, that deep peace of Christ, permeate our very being. That we might not be able to do anything but share that peace with others. A peace the world so desperately needs. Let us go forth in God's care to share that peace with others. Amen. Amen.